Welcome to the Impact the Humble podcast. My name is Kurt and I'm joined by Henderson Turton. He is the owner of Robust Taekwondo Academy and he's also the president of the Barbados Association of Taekwondo. Today we're going to talk about the role of sports in developing an active lifestyle. We had a few technical difficulties in terms of the audio in this particular recording and I wish to apologize in advance for those. Certain as sports, <laughs> we go way back. Um, for my school days, I could always remember uh, my mom telling me, you know, if the grades start to slip, you gotta stop the sports. Essentially, from as far back as primary school, it was cricket and football and even a little basketball. You know, track and field season would come around. So yeah, <laughs> I'll be fully involved in in whatever the extracurricular was, really, truly, particularly on the sporting end. And that then carried over essentially into secondary school. Um, I represented the schools in multiple sports, again, football, basketball, cricket, track and field. And then in the latter part of <laughs> secondary school, I got introduced to Taekwondo uh, around about four form, where I started to train uh, consistently. However, um, I started to get some success in, in basketball. I know we played cricket. Um, together, so a number of Saturdays, particularly on the 13th, we won the championship there in first form, second form, sorry, second form. Um, and then on the 15th, we placed an intermediate in second division and so on. Um, but then basketball started to take over for me a little bit. Um, I went on to play for combined schools. And then ultimately, um, the junior national team for Barbados played a little bit. Um, and... You know, Taekwondo tended to become my, my, sorry, basketball became my focus a bit, even into university. But Taekwondo, which I started at secondary school, was kind of still there. Um, but, you know, if you're, say, on a national team, generally the focus is, okay, I can't, I don't want to get too heavily involved in other sports to risk injury or something to, you know, um, interfere with, with progress and so on. So, um when that international period was over, you know, continued at university, um, basketball, taekwondo, even track and field, throwing the javelin at inter-campus games. Um, and then I started to work. Uh, things changed a little bit <laughs> in terms of, you know, naturally uh, you're less able to participate in sport at the time as much as you would like. Um, or at least as much as um, so it kind of started back there the involvement has continued um, when I started to work though you know you, you tend to reach a, a stage in your career where you know you, you put a lot into your into your craft into your efforts and sometimes the level of activity that you had tends to fall off and then when that tends to fall off you tend to see certain things piling on which is really and truly your size, right? <laughs> um, around about that time, I had, I remember going on the basketball court one day, and um, I was playing. I know we used to play basketball as well. Um, going way back, for those who don't know, Mr. Kirk Clark has a fairly um, sneaky three-point shot. Very good passer. I don't even remember that. You don't even remember that. <laughs> you would say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, pretty good ball, ball days we had uh, playing on the court there, Oxners and so on as well. Um, the cast with my back. 
but I remember playing basketball one day um, somewhere in my 20s and I was running to, to stop a ball from going off the court and when I was younger I could, I could sprint and stop but this particular kid and I was running and I just I got the ball, I got to the ball but I could not stop myself and then I realized my knees started to hurt me right and <laughs> yeah, and, and that was a clear indication. Look, Henderson, you're probably getting a little too heavy now. You know, you've never been this way. Um, and I really started to, to really have to listen and pay attention. Around about that time, then I had actually decided to start back training um, Taekwondo and taking it, you know, more seriously and um, getting more heavily involved. And um, I remember preparing for a gradient one time. Uh, actually made black belt training and I, I over a period of about 8 months or so I had to really knuckle down and prepare I lost about 40 pounds because I had to really get myself back in shape to be mm-hmm. where I wanted to be in terms of mobility and being able to move and get your legs lifted as you would like as you would imagine those who might not be as familiar with that point it involves a lot of kicking right? even though it's not only kicking um, I could explain that a little bit later, but yeah, sorry that was a long, a long uh, preamble introduction. No, but 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 it does tell the story. It gives it a lot of chronology into the sports that you played. You actually probably lifted every sport in marbles. So really, truly, that shows that you are very, very, very active. Yeah, there was a comment earlier where Louise asked if you had any earphones with a mic. I had earphones because initially I was going to use the wireless um, to enhance the audio, but I disconnected it, I turned off the Bluetooth and so on, so I don't think that should be. Interfering, I have them put them a little distance away as well. So, all right, cool. I hope that's not the issue because they disconnected. So, you spoke about your transition from basketball into taekwondo, and in terms of activity being a bit different, but really, truly, how different is it as far as your preparation and you know, the actual activity? Oh, you mean Taekwondo itself? Taekwondo and basketball. Yeah, basketball, um, a lot more people are familiar with basketball because the the reality is you see it on television. A lot of people have some level of reference to basketball. When it comes, and therefore, you know, with that reference, a lot of people know the rules, they know how you play, they know how you score, they know how you win. Um, But when it comes to, say, Taekwondo, the most people tend to know is, okay, that is a martial art, that is fighting, so whoever wins the fight wins. But, you know, in terms of the sporting aspect, um, it's a fairly technical sport, but a very enjoyable sport. And the reason I mentioned technical, um, my, my bias now perhaps has shifted a little bit from basketball toward taekwondo, as you would imagine, um, mm-hmm. because I find... Taekwondo is a lot more rounded and actually gotten a lot more out of Taekwondo. And right. I would say that um, <clears throat> talking about the intellectual stimulation, for example, 
Um, so essentially, it's not just a physical fitness, but you know, mental fitness, psychological fitness, and so on. Because there are aspects of uh, play where you definitely need to be able to concentrate. Yes, in basketball, you have to concentrate as well. You've got teammates, you're running a system, you need to execute the play, you need to execute it under pressure when the defense, for example, is attacking you or, or stepping up the defense as you will and the pressure is on, the game clock is running down and you, you know, you, you're done by five points and you've got two minutes left. Yeah, the pressure is on, you know, a championship game. You might be in the semifinals or some, some kind of stage of the knockout. If you lose, that's it. But you want to win, you want to point. So, so dealing with pressure comes out in sport in that way. And that's, that's something I've always um, been glad for my involvement in sport because then it transcends transcend into other aspects of your life. Dealing with pressure. Dealing with pressure in basketball, um, working with other people for a common goal. In other words, teamwork, having a shared vision, executing taking instructions from the coach. If you um, draw a correlation to, to, to your career, that might be taking instruction from a CEO or a general manager or whoever to try and get the task done. So there was a lot that, that we tended to learn in sport. In Taekwondo, it was it's more of an individual sport to an extent. However, you, you still need to focus. If you're in the arena and you're playing, if you're playing what we call karaoke, for example, or sparring, which is the aspect that most people are familiar with, you've got to be able to block out all of the, all of the noise that's happening. You've got to be able to focus on your opponent. You've got to be able to execute under pressure. And when I say under pressure, again, game situation, you're trying to win, you're trying to get a gold medal, or, yeah, a medal. <laughs> you're trying to get past your opponent. You are in the ring. This person is coming at you, or you realize that you only have 30 seconds left and you're done by four points. And if you, if you don't win this, you get a silver medal or you get a gold medal or you don't get a shot at a medal at all. But you put in hours and hours and hours of training and you can't just let it slip like that. So you got to dig in. You got to forget about tired, right? You got to focus. And again, like you said, pressure is on, game time is on. But this opponent who might very well be somebody as crafty as Kirk Clark, and you know that you got your hands full, right? <laughs> But how, how exactly am I going to get, how am I going to conquer this challenge that is before me, which is something that is integral to Taekwondo. I could talk all day about that aspect, right? There's a certain... See, again, I cited a little bit because, you know, you hit the nail on the head here, you're asking about Taekwondo. But yeah, so we in the ring, you got, you're done by four points, you got 30 seconds left. This opponent knows that they're ahead of you by four points. And no matter what you do, they're blocking you, they're evading you, and they're trying to get away from you because, hey, they got the lead and they only got 30 seconds left. So you got to, on your feet, you got to come up with a plan to trap this person. How are you going to get more than four points inside 30 seconds with 30 seconds left? You know that, okay, if I kick them midsection, I can only get two points. If I kick them to the head, I can get three points. If I kick them to the head with a spinning wrong house, then I can get five points. Hmm. Should I, should I set them up and maybe, you know, take a punch? If I punch them, I only get one point. Right? I'll punch them five times to win. That's unlikely, so I can't use that, right? How am I going to get around this? So in game, in the session, in the ring, the intellectual stimulation, and furthermore, this person is moving. So mm -hmm. you, 
decide, well, I'm going to approach them, I'm going to set them up with this tactic, I'm going to attack this way, and then they move. you got to start all over again, right? Because they're no longer in that position. They were standing up with their left leg behind, and now they're standing up with their right leg behind. So their whole body positioning has changed. So not only has their body positioning changed, but they're standing in a different, a different position altogether. So you don't have to adjust. Hey, five more seconds gone. It's only 25 seconds left. Are you still down by four points, right? And all of that is going through your mind. You're still blocking out the crowd. You're still going to somehow, somehow, if you have um, a communication with your coach who is telling you that thing that we practice at training, now is the time to do it. <laughs> Right? So you've got to have one eye on your coach to receive that message. But at the same time, you've got a corner in front of you and your corner is moving. So all of this is happening at the same time. And I find it's very, very exciting, right? Um, so that's, that's, I actually walked in this place. I walked in this place, right? Yeah. You can't get away from the excitement in it, but that's where that's where a lot of the, the the intellectual stimulation comes out because you're not only physically prepared for the demands of it because now you're in the third round. You tired. You just you you went through a whole tournament. You had three or four fights before during that same day, and you tired. But you got dig deep, and now you got you got to battle with fatigue as well as strategy. So you got to work the mental game a lot now, and that's one aspect that I really have truly. Um, you know, really enjoyable Taekwondo. That's the sparring aspect, and I spoke about concentration. If you are doing the non-combative element, however, which is um, which doesn't involve a physical opponent and, and trading physical contact, you actually still have to concentrate very deeply. So imagine you're in the arena, you are what we call a Pumse athlete. Pumse is um, a set series of patterns where essentially you simulate your responses to an attack. So you need to be able to execute your techniques under pressure. And how it works, you might, you might draw a correlation to, let's say, gymnastics, where the person ahead of you performed a routine and they got a certain score from the judges. And they got a score 9.3. And you're like, cheese on bread. I got to beat that score, right? Yeah. And in order, to, in order to beat this 9.3, You've got to, hey, Tamisha, <laughs> you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to focus and you've got to execute with precision, right? So you not only have to block out that, that crowd, you've got to get over your nerves because if you're too stiff, then you're not going to be able to execute properly. Your muscles are going to be tight. And again, the mental game because you've got, to, you've got to be able to dig deep and take control of your body, right? Take control of your mind. You can't panic. You've got to be confident in yourself. You've got to execute your routine and so on so that I can get that score to get past my opponent. So in the Taekwondo, there's a lot. There's a full roundedness that comes out. And that's only just from the athlete's perspective. Yeah, yeah. I just want you to deliver the blow that delivered your three points, and you were able to overcome and win. That was just what I was And um, I actually much because of the echo, right? The that I heard related to discipline, the intellectual aspect. Dealing with pressure. pressure. All of these are things, straight, 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 stra
I wanted to mention something a little earlier, if you don't mind. Um, where we spoke, we were speaking about the, the benefits coming out of it and the intellectual stimulation and so on. Um, I just wanted to mention too that that does not only uh, pertain to athletes who are in competition, because you can have recreational players, people who essentially just do it for fun. They're not interested in representing their country, or they might just be doing it for self-defense or you know whatever have you, just for fitness even. But I remember uh, a couple years ago, I had one of my first students who was actually, in fact, he would tell you he was 64, 64 years old, and he was doing this thing for the first time. And there was a lot of um, after after about two three months, it was clear to see a marked improvement in him. And he, I remember at one point, he actually mentioned to me about the neurological benefits that he seemed to be experiencing in terms of, you know, he hadn't been active in a certain way for a little while, even though he was a cyclist, um, you know, when he was a lot younger, he was still generally kind of general active, but not in terms of training. And when he started Taekwondo, um, because it is so demanding in terms of coordination of your body, using your mind to to stick your leg out at a certain angle, at a certain time, at a certain speed, or whatever. There's a whole heap of different dynamics that come into play. Balance, for example, so coordination, balance, strength, speed, flexibility, a lot of these things happen all at the same time. So he, for example, you know, when he first started, it would be a challenge, for example, to, to say, stand on one leg without wobbling, right, without toppling. So imagine the progression from that stage, just standing on one leg with your knee up, say, to the midsection and being a little bit wobbly, to being able to, two months later, you know, you, you are firm and you're able to throw one kick, two kicks, maybe even three kicks, and at a higher, yes, with a lot more proficiency, right? So nice. at, at lower levels and initially, and then raising it higher and higher and higher. So you get increases in, in strength as well. And when you train like that, you tend to find um, you get you get to activate a lot more muscles than you you might not even have realized that you had, right? <laughs> Sometimes when you get a trainer, I know uh, some of your your clients might be able to identify. You know when when uh, <laughs> legend has it. Legend has it. <laughs> But, you know, you, you, you ask your students to, to execute certain movements and certain techniques, and they, they moan and groan and thing, and, you know, they say they didn't realize that this would have been so difficult because, you know, it, it looked easily, easy at first. But it really and truly a part of it is that you're working muscles that you're not accustomed to, and these muscles might be smaller, finer muscles that are harder to, to control. So it almost comes back down to like when you were, say, a child, and a child wiggling the fingers or just isolating the index finger to wiggle the, the index finger is something that an adult might take for granted. But a child might have a little more difficulty with it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is, it is forming those neurological um, aspects. I'm not a professional, <laughs> I'm not a doctor or anything, but, you know, there is there are levels of brain activity that happen that... Um, allow someone to enhance their performance, improve their, their motor skills, improve their 
um, abilities to concentrate and that kind of thing. So, and that's older people. Obviously, it happens in younger children as well, where the children learn to develop. And again, balance, coordination, competition, you know, all these things come up when you start training and playing um, Taekwondo fine, or even sport in general. When you see a child first come to you, even, even not just from a physical uh, perspective, but from a self-control perspective, where you, you, for example, you create an environment of discipline, an environment of predictability, and an environment of routine, and an environment of excellence, where you, sorry, where you pursue excellence. So you see the child come into that environment, for example, at what we call the dojang, which is the Taekwondo training, training area. And they might not, they might be fidgety and, uh, you know, what some people might call hyper, hyperactive and so on. They have difficulties staying still for two seconds. I mean, you know, some of these things are inherent in children. But in a relatively short space of time, you tend to see changes in, in the children's behavior, right? Um, again, there might be some level of um, group dynamic that might happen when I say group dynamic. Other children in the class who might be a more senior rank, who, be, who control themselves and behave in a certain way, you know, you, you quickly realize as the newcomer, well, certain behaviors are just not going to be tolerated. Right, and then perhaps socially, uh, you know, if if you step out the line, you're going to be frowned upon, right? Mm. So people tend to straighten up uh, relatively quickly, especially the children um, within the training hall when it comes to di to discipline. But yes, of course, the physical movements sometimes, well, usually for the children, we tend to uh, want to make it as much fun as possible, um, help them to enhance their fine motor skills. Uh, control the body, moving side to side, you know, um, bending down, picking up stuff, moving from left to right, spinning around, you know, and maintaining general um, body control and not necessarily going fully into the, too heavily into the technical because if it gets into the technical too heavily, then they tend to lose interest somewhat because then it starts to feel like, quote unquote, feel like work. And right. thing about children, as you know, if it's not fun, they're not interested. Mm -hmm. right? So um, you definitely see uh, the progression in the children. And the children, you know, they, they, they want to be there. They want to come back. They ask the parents, for example, but when is the next class? Where can, where can I go back? This COVID period, for example, is something else, you know? Sometimes they say, well, please, my friends at Taekwondo, I want, I want to do this, I want to go back. When are we going to be able to go back? And that kind of thing. So, um, but when you see, when you see that child uh, come in who is, um, you know, rowdy or less able to control themselves or um, is quote unquote indisciplined, and within two months or even less, you, you can actually detect a turnaround in that child. You know, it is one of those priceless feelings, right? Mm -hmm. that you had you had an impact on that individual, and you helped them to be a better version of themselves, right? Wow. And then wow. when you see, you know, it, you you see, sport transcends so many different areas. So something from as simple as gaining acceptance within a taekwondo class, you gain a new family essentially, or a new grouping, and so on. Sometimes you might see that child now come to the class. They're going to put their shoes down at the back straight. They're not going to just kick them off and throw them in the corner. They're going to put them down straight 
And any other child who put down their shoes wrong, they're gonna they're gonna be more that child to make sure they put down their shoes straight as well. They're gonna come down, they're gonna go and open the windows to make sure that the place is properly ventilated. They're gonna help put down the mask, they're gonna take out the equipment. And these are aspects of um of responsibility. And I'm talking about children who are five years old, you know, five, four, five, six years old. You see this 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 change in their behavior because all of a sudden they take ownership of their environment and they take on responsibilities and you know they grow as they grow as persons because they have a sense of what needs to be done and how they can do it and or help somebody else do it. And they take that straight back to the home. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps them ultimately to become better better citizens and so on. So you see that happening. They they also what you also see is uh, when a child, um, a child, you might have the opposite child now who is withdrawn and quiet and don't talk to nobody and, you know, they're real shy and everything. But after a few weeks, they're kicking a paddle and shouting and, yeah, 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 you know, <laughs> really getting that spirit within them and so on, you know. And we challenge them to speak, you know. When I'm speaking to you, look at me, look at me straight in my eye and speak confidently. And you see that child, yeah, you see that child turn around. And in a few in a few weeks, that child is more upright. That, their, their body language literally changes. The child is more upright, the chest is higher, their chin is up, they make an eye contact with not only you, but other children. Right? And when you have to when you ask them to even even something as simple as counting in the groups, you know, um, let's say you have a line of children and you count them from your right number one, two, three, four. That child is gonna shout out five, sir. You know, and, yeah. So you can literally see that child doing that compared to weeks prior, where the child might you might not even be able to hear the child say five, or they might not even respond, right? But over over a period of time, obviously people have um, do things at different paces and different rates. But you know, the child then starts to blossom and really come into a better version of themselves, and that confidence tends to build, self-confidence tends to build. I can do this, I can I can achieve, I can excel. So that's fantastic. a lot of that comes that's out in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, I think that was very I also wanted to ask you a little bit as it relates to um, self-defense uh, for children. I, I, I told you a little bit about how this sport will transmit itself for not only children, but also, also for adults. Yeah. So for the children, um, we do we do you know some of the basic aspects of self-defense where you know somebody is coming to push you. How do you respond so that you don't fall down, right? How do you control your body to change to change the direction or to use their body weight against them if they're coming at you to shove you and you throw back your shoulder? So we get the children to to um, respond to this. We teach them how to block, for example. You know, simple things. Where somebody's coming to punch you in your belly, you know, on the playground. This this naughty child is coming to punch you in your belly, and you know how to how to block, how to block that punch, mm -hmm. how to eat it, how to not be affected by that push, and you still have the self-control because the things that we do in Taekwondo in class, you're not to practice, you're not to do outside of the dojang. So you're not going to you're not going to hear that. This Taekwondo child went and beat up somebody. You might hear that a child interfered with a child that does Taekwondo and that child don't interfere with them anymore. 
Right? <laughs> but, but you're not going to hear that the Taekwondo student mauled, mauled somebody or lost control mm -hmm. on somebody. And, you know, so that's it for the children. And, you know, they learn self-control from an early age. And because of the self-control, they develop, as I was speaking to earlier, a certain level of self-confidence. And when you have a certain level of self-confidence, people are not going to interfere with you. Right? Right. You know, the old people said that we know who to frighten. The bullies know who to pick on. Right? Mm -hmm. And bullies have a good sense of people who have low self-esteem and so on, and who are less likely to stand up for themselves or fight back. And chances are, if you have a child that is training in Taekwondo, involved in Taekwondo, the bully is not going to pick on them because that child is going to have a certain thing about them, a certain the spirit in Taekwondo that they cultivate. And people tend to get a sense of, I'm not going to interfere with that child, right? Now, when it comes to the, to the adults, um, sorry, just making sure that I don't lose power here. Um, right. Sorry. For the cell phone. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, of course, right? <laughs> uh, when it comes to the, to the adults, we, we do train um, the self-defense. We got the recreational and the basic self-defense. In fact, one of the things that people, people tend not to realize, what you generally do in Taekwondo is an aspect of self-defense, right? You're able to use, train your, your limbs to become weapons. Things like your fingers, your palm, your palm heel, your fists, your elbows, yeah, things that people don't think about. You you train how to use all of these in what we call um, in in general sparring and so on. But we also train situational self defense. Certain aspects, however, of the situational self defense, which can be particularly dangerous, we usually uh, reserve that for people who have been involved in the taekwondo for a little while because it takes a while sometimes to develop these techniques properly. And when I say develop these techniques properly, for example, responding to a knife attack. Somebody is coming at you to thrust a knife attack. You need to be able to quickly assess the situation, whether this person might very well be intoxicated and they don't know what they're doing, so I am not, you know, I'm not going to maim and disfigure them. I'm just going to disarm them, pacify them, and call the police. Versus someone who is trying to literally take your life, and right. you have to essentially defend yourself, right? Because you're not going to let them take your life, right? Um, but training for that situation, you need to develop the control and the ability, partner, and your, your club mate, right? If you take somebody and you give them a shoulder throw, you gotta make sure that your your clubmate does not land on the head and break the neck, right? You you gotta retrain aspects of how to fall, for example. Um, a lot of people might you know go about and do things, but they don't know how to fall. Literally, they don't know how to fall down without hurting themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So these are these are things that uh, we tend to train in the adults, uh, um, particularly for the, for the self-defense. You look at situational self-defense, but then the general training is also, uh, also equips you for defending yourself in a given situation. Mm. 
you have missed so many fantastic points in here. Um, a lot of things that we could take away, and a lot of things that I definitely will click in terms of the audio and and play again because there are so many benefits as it relates to the, the, the tangible as well as the intangible, and that is so important. Yes. Um, I also want to touch on as it relates to you specifically because you know for me. I like persons to, to try to adapt movement, you know, as much as possible. It is, it is not going to always be going into a gym or a fitness facility and lifting some weights and that kind of stuff, doing the repeat thing. It can be exactly what you are saying. Yeah. Practicing a sport, perfecting a sport as much as you can, and perhaps even get the opportunity that you can represent your country in that sport. You can tell me, as it relates to styles of activity, what is your personal safety? Are you a man that like getting the gym and lifting some weights? Or are you, as we used to do back in the day? Or would you more so be a guy who would, you know, be involved in sports for the rest of your life? That one is easy. Kurt, I, I'm going to be involved in sport for the rest of my life. Um, you know, if I, if I could dare borrow a sentiment from the late, great Kobe Bryant, everybody knows Kobe, who said that Sport, I believe, I, I, I'm not quoting him, but this was what the general sentiment was, that sport is the ultimate expression of humanity, right? There are, there are things that come out in sport that are not replicated any, anywhere else. We touched earlier on aspects of concentration and dealing with conflict, dealing with pressure and all that there, right? But I just want to share this aspect as well. We're... It's not only the physical involvement and then the, the intellectual stimulation that you get from, say, competing. But that, that's really from the athlete perspective. But sport also allows you to teach. Sport allows you to, to engage with... I'm going to say this. Sport has been a vehicle for me, right? The vehicle through which I have, I have seen other parts of the world. I have been able to interact with people from other countries, other cultures, other ways of thinking and living, other human beings at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it were not for sport, I wouldn't be able to do that. So to give you an example, sport, sport helped to bring a lot of my expressions together. So as you know, I already have as um, an administrator and the president for the Taekwondo Association, right? So sport has allowed me to, because of that, sport has allowed me to uh, practice leadership skills. It has allowed me to practice to implement organizational skills. It has allowed me to practice strategic planning. It has allowed me to do forecasting. It has allowed, these are things that you do in your career, but because of sport, I can actually do these as well. But then you take it a step further. We did Spanish when we were back at secondary school. We don't speak Spanish in Barbados, right? But when I went overseas, I had to communicate with persons from other countries. I remember speaking with a gentleman who, who speaks five languages. And he challenged me to speak to him in Spanish. And I had, uh, he had to speak to me in English because English was not his first language. He was actually Dutch. But he spoke, <laughs> he spoke sufficient English. And he challenged, so we had, a, we had a conversation. And that experience, for example, was, was again, an expression of, Humanity, 
because really? now it is you're you're having to to try to navigate language barriers to get your get your message across and you realize that despite the the language barriers there is a connection there is a way there is a mechanism to communicate with this other human being that is not the mechanism that you were accustomed to but then lo and behold you challenge yourself to be able to um, engage or employ that other mechanism for communication with another human being and you able to connect and enjoy the 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 harmonization that happens there so <laughs> for me that's just one example but it it brings about it has brought out so many aspects of life and living self actualization i sorry they mentioned that before but just something as simple as knowing that or being able to see firsthand the match between effort and result that is what sport does for you you might be in a you might be stuck in a career for example when we're every day for 30 years in the body everybody might just tell you no in fact sometimes nobody it's like you just like a hamster on a wheel you're going nowhere you ain't seeing no no results for your effort but in sport you know when i dig a little deeper i can i can influence the result my team can win we can stop this person from scoring we can get this particular outcome we can do this we can do that boom 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 um you can you can take yourself from one level of proficiency and train yourself and then perform at another level of proficiency you can you can determine okay well here is my new challenge at 25 years old i can do this this and this i want to be able to do this at 30 years old i want to be able to do this at 35 i want to be able to do this at 40 obviously there are going to be some uh restrictions however you know in sport it allows you to to deal with all of these aspects of self actualization right which is very 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 important and also let's not forget even though it's not it's not as um uh broad based as so on here in barbados but sport is actually a mechanism for making a livelihood for yourself in other countries obviously they have larger markets and so on so it might be easier for them to fully sustain themselves off of sport but but it is it is like there's very i don't know nothing comes to mind that can really actually match sport and the benefits that you can get out of sport not only as an athlete as an official where you teaching people and you you you're getting whatever your currency is if you want to if you if you seek um you know helping out other people right and being able to enjoy the feeling that comes from moving a person from step 1 on the ladder all the way up to step 7 you know mm-hmm. that comes out in sport from teaching as an instructor if you if you are somebody who likes to make sure that things happen the way they're supposed to and you decide you want to be a referee you can be a referee in any sport right and you can regulate you can regulate how sport happens so there's so many so many aspects that that come about if you are somebody who likes to organize things you can become a sport administrator and make sure that you organize the event so when you when you organize the event you can interact with people you can interact with people on all kinds of levels of the community you can interact with people internationally and you can speak different languages and so on you know there is there's so many aspects and again yes everybody knows the physical and so on but again they come back to the to the intellectual and the mental aspect and the benefits that come from sport friendships that you make in sport because when you play a sport and I'm touching on basketball here again for example because I had a coach who once said that um in basket personality comes out in basketball on the court 
Mm-hmm. It happens maybe not just in basketball. I mean, he was he was my basketball coach, so his reference would be basketball, but sport in general. Persons express themselves. There's there's usually unmistakable aspects of character that come out in sport that you you know that person, right? You could you could you could you could sit down next to somebody in the office, or uh, you know they could be in your section or whatever for ten years. And you still don't really know that person, you know. But when you when you have your teammate and that person executes under pressure, that person that person is faced with an unreasonable opponent who's pushing them in the back, who who is doing unnecessary things. But that person has the self control and the gumption to deal with that situation in a classy manner to not cause the team harm, <laughs> right? Or cause themselves harm, you know. You get so many aspects of, of respect for that person. You you know that you could go to war with this person and you and them get come up together. Right? You're gonna conquer whatever the challenge is. Right? And again, sport does that. Sports help you to learn people who you're dealing with. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The amount of information and the amount of pluses that I have heard here, the amount of points that you have made, all of them absolutely. I think that you're doing a wonderful job, particularly in this series, Come Let Me Talk. I think it's not only informative and educational, you're creating an atmosphere for your, for your followers to engage and learn and see that, you know, it is not you know, to, to not tunnel visualize, but to see a broad spectrum. I know you had different sport, different sports people. You had different, like, medical doctors and that kind of thing on sports. This is good stuff, Kurt. <laughs> this is really good. And you are also creating, you're creating a platform for other people to be seen as well. Okay? So, I mean, I can't underscore the, the extent of the good work that you're doing. So I just want to big you up as well, and you gotta keep it up, <laughs> keep doing it because you're making you're making people better, right? You're challenging people every day, and you know ultimately challenging them to become better versions of themselves. And you know I thank you for that. 